0: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Alan. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwoman's Podcast, episode 59. Got my brother Los with me. As always, as we got to say, a shout out to our brother Ramon, who is on a current hiatus, but he'll be back with us soon. We miss you. Man, what's up, Los? Man, how you doing, man? Big day today, huh? Big day. Big day, episode
1: 5-9, my brother. Episode 5-9. So, you know, we're we excited, bro. We're excited. I feel like we're making movements. You know, since we last talked, i don't know what our number was at. i think we we're at 600 followers on instagram you know yeah someone like that we're at like 700 760 followers now so Ooh. yeah i think people are following us you know they following the trend they subscribing to us they comment they're sharing our stuff i would say don't jump on too late man because we we working man we working
0: I can see you drink, starting to drink your coffee with your pinky out, bro. <laughs> nah, man, but we're not going to hold you long. We got a very, very special guest coming, so we don't want to overshadow that because that trumps everything with the knowledge that, uh, that Ron has, man. Uh, Ron Butler, a uh, sports agent in the NFL. What a great guy, man. You you know, you could just feel the genuineness. You know you know genuine people. I just, I love meeting genuine. I don't know about you, Lowe's. I love meeting genuine people.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. No Doubt,
0: I, I love meeting them too, man. Yeah, man. So, you know, let's kind of touch on it. Uh, we've been touching on it, OB been touching on it for the past couple of episodes of what, what it could look like, but it's official. The NBA is back, they're coming back on uh, when they come in July 31st, 31 July. Okay, I got that right. So, July 31st, and uh, 22 teams will be going to Disney World, not because they won a championship, but that's because we're there, they will be domiciled out of all games, will be there. Uh, cut off to, to Disney. The, <laughs> coming out of coming out of the fans, uh come with no fans, um, and you know, twenty-two teams. And then they say that they will play eight regular season games and that the eighth and ninth seed will have a play-in game. The the ninth seed, if they win once, they'll have to win again against the eighth seed. Then they would get into the playoffs as the eighth seed and the 8th seed only has to win one time in order to be into the playoffs. What you think about that outlook, Los? Uh, I did a little research. I didn't quite I wasn't quite clear on what the playoff format is, but I think uh I think Woj said that the playoff will be as normal, just seven games uh Eastern and Western Conference seeding, right?
1: Yeah, so um, reading all the reports on it, obviously from Sham and uh Woj bomb, you know, um, I think it's fair. You know, those teams that work for that eight seed and have that advantage going into the playoffs, um, they get that advantage if they remain at eight seed, right? You know, and they get that, like you mentioned, single, you know, win one game to ultimately be in the playoffs, or if they, the team that's fighting us in that ninth seed had to win two games to eliminate them and ultimately be in the playoffs. So I think it's fair because they deserve that and be in that position. Um, I think it's interesting, and I'll read a little bit from Sam himself on a report that he dropped yesterday. And these are a couple of things that's going to happen as the NBA gets started back up. Uh, a plan is to play two to three exhibition games before the regular season. So we might even get some action before 31 j- July. Now, they're going to have a maximum of 1,600 people on campus. So at Disney, you can only have 1,600 people there. Um, the coronavirus testing will be every day. Um, there's gonna be a minimum of seven days of quarantine for a player who tests positive. So that's huge because if a player tests positive for coronavirus, they're not gonna stop the, um, they're not gonna shut down the NBA. You know, they're not gonna shut it down. They're just going to quarantine that player, find his contacts who's been around and quarantine them as well. And what's interesting about that is they say seven days. Everything we've heard up to this point has been 14 days quarantine if someone is sick, or have gotten the coronavirus. So seven days is interesting to me. I don't know why that changed. Mm. Um, The next report is players and family must stay inside the bubble. Families can enter after the first round. If a player contracts the virus, NBA says they plan to continue playing, as I mentioned. Um, They said that December 1st is unlikely for the next season to start. They're looking at more likely at the end of December. Um, Let's see here. And, and the most the the, the last report on here is you know as obviously there won't be fans in the stands as we start this nba that um uh, the nba is exploring options of using nba 2k noise noises for the fans to listen to the game while they're watching on tv with empty stands so the that would be trash
0: i hope they don't do that bro i i'm i'm strongly against that um a lot has happened, man. Uh, uh, I think uh, we're not going to talk about Drew Brees because that's in the interview. So if you want to hear that, you'll hear that in the Ron Butler interview. That's in a few minutes. We're not going to hold y'all long. we want to get to that ASAP, ASAP. So, um, but we will talk about LeBron and we will talk about Michael Jordan. Um, it looks like Michael Jordan has really kind of undo, undone what was known in the documentary about him not speaking up for black people. His Jordan brand will be donating $100 million over 10 years. To social injustices, organizations uh, fighting against uh you know fighting for racial equality, which I thought was huge, and you know on second on second thought, I think uh, LeBron that kind of piggybacks off the Drew Brees in response to Drew Brees saying that he doesn't believe in anybody disrespecting the flag. LeBron found himself very vocal uh, towards Drew Brees and trying to educate him that it's not about the flag, it's about police brutality, it's about the pain that blacks have felt um, for hundreds and hundreds of years in this country so uh just you know LeBron and, and and MJ as being represented as one of basketball's all-time greats arguably one will argue that that MJ is the best of all time some argue that uh LeBron's uh, the greatest of all time but I think what makes them the greatest of all time ultimately is how do they represent their people and do they stand up for their people and it was amazing to see those contributions being made to the cause and and george floyd not being used as uh what you would say uh um i guess it's not going in vain you know I just like you saw george floyd daughter say my my dad is changing the world and he really is so i mean i thought it, i think it's amazing when figures like that really step up in the way that they have
1: yeah absolutely man it's just it's, it, it, I, I feel like, you know, we're moving towards this energy of change, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think we need that. We need that, you know, these people to step up because of so many people who follow them. So many people follow them, you know, people of different races follow them because what they do on the court and how they inspire, inspire them on the court. So I think it's huge for these people to step up and inspire this change.
0: Yes, sir. So without further ado, we will not have, we will not hold y'all up, man. We're not, you we know... We up right now, man. We got the Ron Butler interview coming up right next. So don't, like the radio DJ say, Los, I always want to say this. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> <laughs> the next voices you will hear is me, Los, and Ron Butler involved in very important conversation. And most po- importantly, Ron Butler, long time NFL, 12 years in the industry, sports agent in the nfl industry that interview you will hear right now yes yes so the crowd wanted him so we brought him in we bringing him in now we got a very very special guest for the opinionated benchwomers podcast we don't do many guests he's actually only our third guest that we've ever had and it's none other than longtime agent Ron Butler, sports agent in the NFL. His main industry. I'm gonna let him introduce himself more than, than us. But on behalf of Ramon, who's not with us, and Carlos, who's in San Antonio, we want to appreciate you for taking the time, brother. Absolutely, absolutely, fellas. How you guys doing? And doing well, man. How, how's your family doing, man? Throughout the COVID yeah. and the pandemic and everything, everybody safe?
2: Man, everybody's safe. You know, it, it's it's an interesting time right now. You know, one that. We we definitely wouldn't have predicted or saw coming, um, but you know we're alive. You know we're we in a position yeah. where we can have this this uh, this podcast and talk a little bit, talk about sports and all the other things, all of the other things that are going on right now. So you know I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Oh no problem, bro. Anytime, anytime. We appreciate you for taking the time. Uh, we just uh, I mean I guess it's introduce yourself, Ron. Man, uh, I did some research on you, of course, and. You you represent some pretty big names, man. seems like you got a, a pretty nice stall, man. If you want to just give the people some some names that you represent, or you know, and, and just tell how long you've been doing this and what got, what kind of got you into this industry. Okay, okay.
2: Let me start from the top. I'll take it from the top. Uh, I'm Ron Butler. Uh, I'm actually based down here in South Florida, Miami, Florida. Um, I've been in this business, this industry, for about yeah, twelve years now. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a challenging inju- industry, and uh, you have to know how to play your cards right in order to uh, assign some, some good talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been I've been in a blessed uh, situation to be able to, to actually do some things and you know help guide guys guys' careers as they play and as they transition from college to pros and then from pros to that next chapter in their lives. So you know the uh, you know I'm, it, it's bigger than just say. Hey, go out and recruit guys and then do contracts it's bigger than that Mm -hmm. so you know kind of got me in this industry was I coached for a while uh, at the high school level and I saw a need for uh, I guess you could say a minority uh, agents or minority uh, guys to actually tap into this to help some of our own kids transition and um I just, you know, I, I met the right people who helped guide me through, um, you know, not just, you know, going out teaching me how to recruit, but actually teaching me the business because there's a business behind, there's an art behind this 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 agent thing, and if you don't, uh, if you don't learn the art, I mean, you can kind of be in it today and go on tomorrow, you know. And, and uh, so I've been blessed to be in that position, um, and 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 from there, I want to say about 2000. 2013, 2012, uh, became a certified agent. You know, just got my book of business rolling. You know, representing some guys like Levante David from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, who's been an All-Pro, Pro Bowl guy. You know, oh, he's, has a, he's had a stellar career so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. Guys like Super Bowl champion Philip Dorsett, who's also a first-round pick, for New England Patriots. Oh yeah. Um, you know guys
0: uh Patrick Robinson who's actually with New Orleans Saints my he New was, Orleans uh, Saints <laughs> who that? <laughs> <laughs> who actually played in, uh, in Philly and uh I've known Patrick for about
2: man it's been about 16 years I actually coached him in high
0: school yes yeah. Wow. So. yeah yeah he's a he's, he's a he's a tech man he his story is just so remarkable just with the injuries that he's been able to able to overcome uh so I mean I you know I like him a lot
2: Absolutely. Now he's a good guy, man. Family guy. Um, he's going on year eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot, not a lot of guys really, you know, get past yeah. that point. You know, so to All play right. that that long and have a, uh, you know, a couple different deals and, and and still be in a position where he can, you know, thrive and, and, and help the organization win championships, get to the playoffs. I mean, it's definitely a blessed position to be. In.
0: Man. I, I saw what one thing you said about the grind of being an agent. I don't think Carlos or Ramon knew this, but coming into college, I initially wanted to be a sports agent. But when I did research on it and I kind of talked to guys within the industry, around the industry, I just saw how much of a like it's kind of like a dog eat dog type industry where you have to really be, you know, really be able to sell yourself and, like you were saying, recruit. So I mean, it just like it's a talent in in itself, and once I realized that, I was like, well, maybe that's not for me. Cause it, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's remarkable to see, you know, how, how you have all of these uh, clients that are, you know, satisfied, and you're doing well for your clients, and you're inspired, and you represent to minorities in that industry. Because I know that you're one of few in that industry.
2: Right, right. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those uh, one of those businesses where it's competitive and. You know, like I said, you know, uh, a little while ago, it, it's it's about learning the art. Um, not everybody can come in and learn this business and feel comfortable going into people's homes and sitting down with their parents and having this dialogue about how they're gonna help their son transition from college to the pros. And I think that if you learn, uh, you, if you have a, say a mentor, somebody that's gonna actually take the time to teach you on what it takes to get it done, um, and you're able to put it all together, you know, uh, you can you can learn
1: that craft, and you can be successful at it. Um, so, go ahead. no, no, I was just going to ask you, you know, you say it is an art, you know, without giving up too much of your secret sauce. Do you think it's, you know, you showing that that genuine care for them as that going into talking to the parents that gives you your edge to get these clients to sign these clients? Like, what do you think that you do? you know, again, without giving up your secret sauce, that get these these players to, to sign to you and to, to want to work with you, ultimately. Well, I think, number one, it's really
2: about trying to develop some type of relationship. You have to find some type of connection with that, whether it's the, with the player or whether it's with the family. Because one or two things are gonna happen. The family is gonna have their two cents to put in terms of, hey, is this the right guy for you? The player is then gonna listen to the parent to say, hey, we feel comfortable with this situation based on say this guy having phone calls or this guy coming to visit with us. Um, it's really about them learning me and me learning them. Um, I see a lot of times where, you know, you're, there's, there's about 3,500 registered agents in the business. Hmm. And, and when you have guys that are, you know, constantly cold calling kids and wow. it comes down to kind of like the end where nobody's really had a chance to develop a relationship, then to me it kind of becomes like, you know, fair game almost. Yeah. And, and not to give up too much, but I think it's with me, I'm, a, I'm definitely a relationship person. So if I meet somebody for the first time and I'm able to have a conversation with them and we both... Uh, and I'm able to find, you know, a similarity in terms of our interests, um, then I feel like, hey, you know what, I got a shot here. Right. And, and I think that uh, you know, when they understand and they, they, they talk to my clients or they have relationships with my clients, my current clients, I think it makes it a little bit easier to uh, for them to understand, like,
1: hey, this guy genuinely cares about his guys. Right. So, yeah, and having that, I think having that, that Attribute about yourself. I don't think that's something that can necessarily be taught. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to connect with somebody and stuff. So, you know, giving that part out really, you know, to the people out there for your competitors and all that stuff you can't teach that you know what i'm saying like you got either you got that or you don't you connect with people now maybe you can learn it over time but that's not something you can just say oh tomorrow i'm gonna just start connecting with people Right, you oh know? uh, it's, it's 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 special it, you it takes a special person to connect with people like that so yes
0: absolutely. for sure for sure so um in your in your industry uh as well it's been a couple of just big things um like you mentioned this uh earlier that it is a, a different time, and it's we we see um, the first pandemic, global pandemic that we've seen in in, in I, you know in years uh, as 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 massive as this. Then on top of that, we had a George Floyd death that happened, and uh, just uh, for your NFL knowledge, I know that uh, a lot of NFL players have been starting to speak out on those social issues, which I think is is awesome. But, you know, you know, Drew Brees, who's now reti- who's now apologized and, you know, we've seen him double down on his uh, on his apology towards Trump. I think that was this morning on his Instagram in response to Trump saying it uh, with, the, you know, for anybody that just for context, for anybody that's uh, been trying to keep up with the Drew Brees. Just, Drew Brees just said um, in an interview uh, snippet quote as saying that he never will agree with anybody disrespecting the flag. And of course, there was an uproar from Michael Thomas, who's my favorite receiver. I think he's the number one receiver in the league. Maybe I'm biased. <laughs> <laughs> but and then you know, Alvin Kamara uh, said you know, kind of sent a subliminal and you know, it. You know, guys were really hurt by that. I was hurt by it just by Drew being my quarterback for years. You know, I've been a Saints fan for for pretty much the majority of my life and what drew has done for the city in new orleans uh, whether it be Katrina in 05 and how he brought uh, the morality up and and you know Drew is has a knack for always knowing the right thing to say so it was surprising to see him say this but he's apologized and he's doubled down with Trump uh, how did you just how did you view that or how did how did the scope of that kind of affect maybe your clients or maybe you know not, not even on that not on that personal level but just players in the league in general
2: well, let me let
0: me go back
2: um to when I first heard the story break. I wanna say it was, you know, two or three days ago when I first heard the story break. And I initially said, Okay, Drew, Drew messed up here. He messed up. Okay. Um you also have to remember that he's a human being. Okay. And certain things certain things uh can be taken out of context, certain things can be Uh, viewed a certain way um, if you're not I almost want to say educated on what's really going on okay Um, I want to say back in 16 and 17 when all this thing, when this whole thing kind of you know formed, where you saw uh, the players like the Colin Kaepernick who decided hey, you know what, I'm going to risk my career okay, it's something that I've worked so hard for since I was you know, eight years old, seven years old, when I first got started playing this game, I'm going to risk it all because I believe that that I'm that person that needs to speak, that needs to, to step up and say, hey, look, this is not right, okay? It's, it wasn't about, you know, the, the soldiers and, 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 and disrespecting the flag. It was about, hey, we have a platform here. Okay, we have one of the biggest platforms in the world, which is the National Football League. Okay, and if I can take a stance and I can make people understand, hey, what's really going on outside of the landscape, which is social injustice, which is you know police brutality, which is uh, unfair treatment, it goes far beyond just um, you know police taking advantage of people and and and. Um, I think it it actually affects our game to where some things you can't, you don't feel comfortable talking about because you don't want to be in a position where, okay, well, if I say the wrong thing, it it could cost me. And my family needs X, Y, and Z. So fast forward to Drew Brees' comments. Um, I think that he took the right step, which was admitting that he was wrong, okay? He didn't view it the same way you or I would view it because right. his thought process was my grandfather, my, you know, my 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 in terms of the military. Let's just say in terms of the military. Right. Right. He felt as though taking the knee um was, was 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 addressing a negative or painting a negative image in terms of the flag. So I think that his thought process wasn't on what's really going on outside of this landscape, which is black men are dying. Black men are being targeted. Okay. Latin people are being targeted. Minorities are being targeted. Let's just call it what it is. And, you know, for for someone like myself, you know, where, you know, I've been in a position where, um, you know, dealing with athletes and a lot of times those guys get targeted, They have nice cars. They want you know, cops want to know who's in that car. You know, how did how did you get this? And you get pulled over, it becomes something. Okay, I I know when I honestly, and I tell this story all the time, when I'm driving down the street. Okay, and I've been blessed enough to be able to have you know some things that I I, I work hard for. And um, when I'm riding down the street and I see a cop car behind me, the lights only have to be on. Okay, there's a sense of Okay. And then we go down this list and make sure everything's important. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's it, you shouldn't have that feeling, especially if you know, hey, you've done everything by the book, right? Okay. And I think that you know, I, I definitely wanted to make sure I, I, I brought this point up because it was something that was heavy on my heart that I felt like I wanted to share with with uh, all the listeners and everybody else that who who may be tuned in. um it, it, you know, it's one of those things where you just you feel a sense of um, it's today gonna be my day. Hmm. Oh yeah, you know, and one cop turns into four cops. You know, and and you know you haven't done anything wrong, but you know things can go bad. Right. Um, and I that that uh, we see it uh, on the national on the national news. We see it, you know, Twitter. Everybody's retweeting this and retweeting that, and you just see so many people that uh, are affected or have gone through some things with the police. And like I said, you know, the police are here to protect us, okay? And we should not be in fear, but it's one of those things that's kind of like, it's there.
0: Yeah, I mean, to to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, uh, with your experience with that, me and Carlos, I've been knowing him since we was in the seventh grade. He's my, literally my brother. And we went to LSU together, and you know it was times we'll be leaving a late night party, and just because we we're two black men, two o'clock in the morning, cop pull us over. Nothing was nothing we did was wrong. Nothing mm-hmm. run our plates, you know. X five license, look in the car. They noticed that you know me and Carlos we didn't drink at the time, so we know we good. But it's just two black men riding in the car. And we have that fear in our heart, heart beating fast. You know, he they, the cop asked him to get out the car, and, and he's in the back of the car. I'm scared to even look back to what's going on, you know, for him to think that I'm retaliating or something. So we know this, and just like you, Ron, in your experience, me, we've been through this so many times. So And it's like you say, man, you be like, hey, is it my day? So, I mean, it, it's you, man, you're you very, tar- I could tell it already, you're very articulate. You're very intelligent. So we just appreciate your perspective on that, man.
2: No, absolutely. I, mean, I, I just think that this is one of those things that, you know, if you haven't had a chance to really experience it from whether it's, you know, a family member or somebody that you're close with, mm-hmm. or, you know, you're a person of a, of a different race or different color and you, you don't know, you know, you may be blind to it. Uh, you may have your blinders on. I mean, who knows? But I know that um, it affects all of us because ultimately, this is the this is the world that we live in, and uh, I think just to kind of go back to Breeze, I think that he's taken the necessary steps to um, to kind of go back and change the original statement that he made.
0: Yeah, I
2: think he got he felt enough heat. Um, yeah, and he and honestly, I mean, for his platform, he, he challenged the president.
0: He challenged yeah, he did. Yeah,
2: he did. Him. So I mean, what else at this point? And, you know I was having some discussions earlier on, uh, on, on on a Twitter a Twitter post and I said well
1: at this point everything that he can do he's done he's done it yeah he's done and, it. it it's just it's now to this point it's like now you sit back you like he said you can listen you can learn he can he can you know he made his donations things of that nature you know now you sit back you learn and then you put those words into action. You know, Absolutely. there's nothing else he can do at this point. And that's why, right. you know, I respect him, you know, and it's, as a man, you know, <laughs> you're meeting you wrong. Yeah. You know, standing up, meeting you wrong. And then just, you know, now let's move forward. And then as, you know, black America or whatever you want to call it, you know, now we forgive, you know, why why hold that to him? You know what I'm saying? That was his perspective. He realized he was selfish in that, in that, in that action. Right. Now, let's forgive him. Let's move forward. Now, that's what we want. We don't want the hate. The hate, you know what I'm saying, is what's causing the problem towards us anyway. Correct. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So let's move forward and, you know, show this is how we're supposed to do this. Okay, you messed up. Come along with us. You know, you apologize. Let's do this together now. I think yes. as,
0: as a Saints fan, when looking at him, I mean, I ain't, I'll i be completely 100% transparent. I was done with him, man. I was done with him. But, you know, after seeing his apology, I was like, ah. But then when I saw him stand up to Trump this morning, I with it with that response that did a lot for me because it, you can apologize but actions speak louder than words man. and it appeared to him you know it appeared that he has changed or is attempting to at least. But well, uh,
2: I definitely, I definitely agree with that man. I think that um, he's taking the necessary steps to uh, to to show his teammates, to show his locker room, to show the National Football League, and then also yeah. to show the fans. Um, and then even people who don't, you know, who are not really into football. Yes. Right? He's taking the steps to be able
0: to say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me fix it. Give me the opportunity to fix yeah. it. So, I'm okay. Man, right. I, so, I thought something else was funny about it. And then you, you go, Los. Uh, Michael Thomas coming off. Of, I know, Ron, you intact with all the stats and numbers. of all the players because you got to know the market. Michael <laughs> Thomas coming off 149 catches, 1,700 yards receiving. And he stood up to his quarterback in an instance, like, directly. I mean, that that's I, that's kind of – it was just like, man, I respect him so much because he didn't allow – you know, he's like, this is bigger than football. And he pretty much got that big paycheck, you know, coming off a great season. And, you know, he just kind of risked it all. But, you know, I think that, you know, Drew apologized and he said he accepted apologies. So now it's just time to move on and, you know, just like Lo say,
1: you know, it's time to forgive. Come Come so on. along along those lines of change, you know, I want to actually run, you know, with the the whole state of the NFL right now. Obviously, there's not a lot of black NFL coaches. Right. There's not a lot of black GMs. You know, there's not a lot of pretty much us in the industry. But there's majority of the NFL and the players, right, mm-hmm. are right. black. You know, what do you think? You know, in your position, your experience, your 12 years of experience. What do you think? You know. Is going to take to make that change to seek more black people into the industry well the first thing
2: i see and I, I don't know if you guys have realized this too there's a kind of a system that recycles okay yeah so a lot of these coaches you may have a coach that coach for you know the dolphins yeah you know he gets term you know he, he has a bad season he gets fired he becomes the gm i'm not the gm he becomes the coordinator in say uh Houston. Okay. He'll play that position for maybe a year or two and he's right back in the head coaching position. Okay. It's a recycled system. Okay. And once you've been in this coaching game for a number of years and you have a reputation for uh, you know, leading leading players, okay, because you have to be able to have that leadership, uh I guess you can say that leadership pedigree, you know, within within your, your, your coaching game. Um I think that these teams are looking at it saying, hey, we're comfortable with X because we know X. We're not familiar with this over here, so we don't know what we're gonna get, you know. But here's what I will say. This, this stance that the players have taken, okay, from basketball to football to baseball it's gonna change so much, okay? Because now you have, they're having the talks now, right? and the talks are becoming public. It's not behind closed doors where we don't know what's going on. It's out on the forefront, Mm -hmm. okay? So these conversations are happening. So here's what I will say. I, I will say that these GMs, these owners, would now look at things a lot differently because they don't want to be affected by, they don't want to have the neg- that negative uh, cloud over that organization and say, hey, you know what? You didn't even give this minority culture, this minority GM an opportunity because, you know, whatever reason, right? Um, I like what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest, I like what the Dolphins did by bringing in Brian Flores from the yeah. Okay. Part of that was because he was with Bill Belichick, he was under that regime, okay? Mm-hmm. But I like what Brian Flores stands for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like what Chris Greer, the GM of the Miami Dolphins, stands for, OK? Mm-hmm. And if they're able to put it together, put it all together, win some games, they made, they made a bunch of uh, transactions. You know, They from, run it the right way. They, if they run it the right way, you know what? Lot, uh, many different teams are going to look at it and say, hey, look, you know
1: what? They can do it too. Right. Because I mean, it's like anything, you know. You, it's the trend, it's the NFL, it's a copycat lead. We always say that, right? A couple years ago, it was, you know, obviously my team, Sean McVay, and the Rams. Everybody wanted that young coach, you know, come that young coach in, you know. You know, we just, I feel like as black people, we're waiting for our trend to come through where we get the opportunity to come in and we get the opportunity to coach, and we can see that we can lead these men, we can connect with these men because we've been in the situation we've more likely grown up like they've grown up, you know what I'm saying? And they will follow, you know, uh, I, respect I think, at least I think. <laughs> they'll
0: respect us. I think right, exactly. right, man. Absolutely right. Uh, I, I think that obviously uh, maybe we could all agree that the NBA is leading the way as far as how they run their organization. Uh, it seems like they're ahead of the game as far as diversity, uh, allowing women, you know, starting to allow women to, to, to get those assistant roles and coaching roles. Uh, and it, it just seems like they, time and time again they're able to handle situations that we've never seen before better than any league, you know, even with the COVID and everybody's wondering how we're going to restart this this season. And it just seems like Adam Silver just, you know, he just got it right again. So um, do you feel like uh, that the NBA, you know, can, it, can the NBA be lead that plight to influence the NFL or because of the NFL has been so successful and been around so long? that they kind of just stuck in their ways. I think
2: that Adam's, Adam does a great job in terms of listening
0: to his players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think there's a big divide
2: between the players and, say, the, the commissioner. Okay, I don't think there's, I mean, obviously you have your superstar players that may get better treatment because they're superstar players. They're driving in, you know, big business, mm-hmm. you know, I think that um, he's allowed those guys to use their platform and take a stance in terms of whether it's negotiating a new CBA, in terms of uh, you know getting the right, getting the wrong owners out of the door. I mean, we saw what happened with the Clippers, you know, a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, but I think that they they do a, a hell of a job, man. Just just listening. To
0: yeah, the for sure. LeBron <laughs> speaks, they move. <laughs> that's, that's, and, 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 like you know I, I, I was kind of off LeBron because he left to eat oh yeah <laughs> he came to my Lakers <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah he made me feel some type of way, and um you know but everything that he stands for okay the way he uses his platform man like you gotta respect him. you gotta respect him not just for what he does on the court but he yeah. speaks he speaks he speaks for a lot of us yeah. you know, he's in a power position that, you know, he's a international
0: superstar and people are gonna listen. He uses his platform the right way. I you know mean sure. by, by, by sure. no means be a perfect perfect man. I mean I don't nobody's perfect. Right. But I think that for um the position that he's in, man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud of LeBron James. Me too, man. Me too. Uh so I know you got we, we gotta get you out of here, man. Uh but I, I mean we just wanted before you let you go, if you're able to speak on this we kind of was interested in, um, I think the report came out of California that they would they would start letting college players uh, make money off of their likeness. I'm not sure how that's going to look or how it's going to be fair or how it, how it is, but would that affect your profession any or your industry or how do you feel like the, just the outlook of everything, how it could affect professional sports? I mean, I
2: definitely think it's going to have some type of effect. Um, I'm not actually
0: sure when that's going to start. Is that this year or is that um, a year I, two from now? I think it's like a year from now that it's going to start. from not... that's,
2: that's what I thought. But let me say this. You know, in this business, you know, um, the marketing piece is is a big piece in terms of players signing with agents. They look at it and say, hey, you know, is there an opportunity to, to get marketing through your company? Is their opportunity to make money off the field. And being that these players are doing it early, you know, I think it will have some type of effect where now you won't be able to go in and sell, you know, I can make you this amount of money in marketing. Because we're already, they, they've already started doing it. Mm-hmm. So you know what's to come is it, it's basically like one of those things where um somebody's coming to you early before you become pro. And say, hey, listen, I'm to This is how we're gonna make you money off the field for the next five years, okay? And that could be an outside marketing team. That could be, uh, you know, a consultant that comes to the family and says, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we're gonna structure X, Y, and Z to get you paid now, okay? So as an agent, we're coming in. We're saying, well, you know, we're gonna do the contractual part, but we're also want to be able. We want to be able to get in on the marketing side of it as well. Because there's a lot of money to be made on the marketing side if you're the right person. Wow. Okay. So I a, think from, yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff that goes into that, and I'm not 100 percent clear, just to be honest with you, on how it's going to work so far. But I know that it, it will have some time. Okay.
0: I don't think anyone knows, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so, for real, for real. So, Ron, last question to you, um, and I think a lot of the listeners will be interested in hearing this. You know for you know young guys like myself rob and ramon you know um you know what would be your advice to you know those young guys out there that's, that can connect with people like you can that want to get into that sports agent business i always had a passion for sports played college high school sports things of that nature but want to stay around the sports want to be involved with it like dealing with the numbers things of that nature what would be your advice to them that's just trying to get their, their foot in the door? You know, it's it's funny because I get
2: that question a lot, um, especially when I you know I speak to uh, high school kids, high school players uh-huh. um, who may not be the upper echelon in terms of athlete or, or, or um, guys that may or may not play, or women that may or may not play, you know, in college or professional. Right. Uh, they want to stay around the game, right. so. You know, I think the the one thing is, you know, understand, kind of understand what you're getting into, okay? This is big business, okay? I love playing sports. I'm pretty sure you guys love playing sports. You've always been competitors, okay? But you can't be afraid to compete, okay? And if you take some L's here and there, it may discourage you from wanting to continue in this this field, but it's just like any other field that's competitive, okay? Hmm. And you have to take that, you have to take what you learn. So say, for example, you know, intern calls me and says, hey, Ron, I would like to come intern for you just so I can learn from you. Okay, cool. I'll let you shadow me. I'll teach you the business. And at some point, that intern will know, okay, I feel like I've learned enough of the business now to where I'm ready to, to pursue it, like really pursue it. not just learn, but pursue it. Um, so I, I will say this to anybody out there that really wants to get into this industry, prepare yourself mentally for some Ls. It's gonna be some, okay? Uh, but also those Ls that you face or that you uh, pile together, there's also gonna be some wins in that as well. You just have to stay a course Okay, and you gotta love it. You gotta love it. I have many I have many days where I'm just like, yo like <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I got I got seventeen I got 17, 18 guys on my
0: client roster, you know, throughout the football throughout the National Football League. Slight flex. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, 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 a, lot. it's yeah. a lot, you know, I you know but you have to love it. Yes yeah. you know.
2: In order to get on this ride, like, you got to love it. Like, it, it's not one of those things where it's going to be short-lived. Like, if you're going to get in this game, like, it's going to be the long game. It's not going to be, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sign uh Jalen Ramsey tomorrow, fresh out. Like, nah, it ain't happening. <laughs> um,
0: right. Okay? Hey. Hey, Ron. We'll. This been fun, man. I mean, I feel like I've been knowing you forever, man. <laughs> we just been sitting, kicking it, man. We appreciate you for coming on again, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime, you
2: guys want to connect with me, man. I love what you guys are doing. I, I love the platform that you guys are creating here, and um, you know anything I can do for you on my
0: end. I mean, I'm a phone call away. So hey.
2: Okay. Don't, don't be afraid
0: to reach out. I appreciate that, Ron. And uh, you stay safe out there, man. And. Uh, Hey, we link up again, you know, whenever you want to come, man, you're welcome. Absolutely. Man, That's I appreciate it. you guys, man. That's All right, it. man, take it easy. Okay, you too. Man, that was an awesome, awesome discussion, bro. Like, that was a great interview. Again, that was Ron Butler, 12-year sports agent in the NFL. Again, shout out to him showing us love and giving us some time and giving us some good insight, man. What a, what a conversation. What a guy, man. He's He's a real smart dude, bro. You could
1: tell. Yeah, you can tell he's definitely a genuine, good person, you know. And I think we need more of that. And he talked about how he's been able to connect with people, and I can see how he he does that, right. you know, in his profession, you know. Because again, genuine, good guy, you know, looking out, um, you know, just overall good, good interview. Yeah, good interview, man. Good interview, bro. If you
0: enjoyed that, man, let, just let us know. Maybe comment on our Instagram under the episode, and just let us know. Uh, how you felt about it or what was your favorite piece of the interview or what was your favorite portion of this episode again we appreciate you Ron for spending that time with us man it means more than you'll ever know and we look forward to collaborating on some future projects like we discussed uh, yeah man I think we just about did it again man we about to get on out of here man episode 59 man I, I feel like we've been getting bigger and bigger by each episode y'all stay tuned to what's to come next you never know what we're going to pull out, out, of, out of our heads. Again, make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, any platform that you like to get your podcast from, subscribe to it. That's how the numbers get up. If you support us like that, give us that subscription so we can get these numbers up and let people know. Also, tell a friend if you enjoyed what you heard here today. Uh, Los, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about this one, bro. Yeah, let's do
1: it. Thank you.